You are Locked On Jaguars, your daily Jacksonville Jaguars podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. When the Jags come with you, Falcons, what you gonna do? Browns, what you gonna do? Carolina, what you gonna do? Them Jags coming with you. Yeah, them Jags, here they come. All right, welcome back to the Locked On Jaguars podcast, part of the Locked On Sports Network. I am your host, Zach Goodall. I am joined by Misto Christopho, Chris Thornton. Uh, there was a little bit of a schedule shakeup. I wasn't supposed to be here. I'm supposed to be at UCF right now, uh, getting ready for their game on Saturday. But uh, I postponed the day I was going to go down until Friday, so I am here and we are recording a quick Locked on Jaguars episode to go over the injury reports for the Colts and the Jaguars as of Thursday. Go over the Jaguars offense versus the Colts defense. So we'll go ahead and get right into it with the Jaguars injury report. Um, Nothing really has changed since the last one that came out. Um, Like at all. No one was upgraded or downgraded. (laughs) Bortles, full participant. Uh, Leonard still remaining a full participant. Sean Gibson is still limited. Uh, Alan Hearns did not practice. I don't think Hearns will play. Smith still in concussion protocol did not practice. That makes his odds go down even further. Um, especially if he's a do not practice on Friday. Jalen was limited. Uh, Donald Payne was limited. Jeremy Parnell was limited. Patrick Omame was limited. Both of Parnell and Omame at least being limited back in practice is, um, a good thing because I think they missed one at least maybe multiple in the past mm-hmm. couple of weeks. Yeah. So at least that they're being consistent in getting some reps is a good thing. Lawrence McCray with a hamstring injury was still limited and Marquise Lee with his knee injury is still limited. So obviously the major concern here would be Telvin Smith, correct, Chris? Yeah. Uh, Smith being in the concussion protocol doesn't help, but I think this is the week. If you are going to have him out, uh, this is the perfect week really. Uh, to not have Telvin, I think I'm hoping Blair has a good uh, Blair Brown has a good game as his replacement if he does end up having to start because he mm-hmm. looked decent in his ten snaps against the Cardinals, but uh, I think it'll be good to get some starting experience for Blair under his belt, especially this that, late in the season. That and he was also a solid prospect coming out. He fell to the fifth round because he was like five eleven to. 15-ish, We just love undersized linebackers that like to prove we people love, wrong. We love undersized linebackers, but he was a fun prospect. He, I knew he had like third-ish round tape based on what some um, draft analysts were saying when we took him. So he should be fun to watch as kind of like a run-stopping guy. Um, we'll see how he does in Telvin's place if Telvin does not play. Um, one thing that I've been thinking if Parnell and Omame are back and are both playing, I think this is the perfect week to then sit uh, sit Cam Robinson because he is still being bothered by his ankle injury. I didn't get any update from PFF on how many pressures he allowed against the Cardinals, but I can tell you that he allowed at least one of the Chandler Jones sacks, and um, he also had allowed 16 pressures in the previous three weeks. So we know that's not the Cam Robinson that we drafted because he was performing like a top 10 left tackle. Uh, earlier in the season, mm-hmm. but he's 
started to fall off that a bit, and I can only blame his ankle injury because he was rushed back pretty quickly from that. I so wanted, I wanted I think to know why was, he's yeah. uh, not on the injury report. They just don't want to put him down. They, they're weird. They're they're bad about injuries. They're really bad. Because I mean, we can tell. Like, <laughs> we can tell he's being bothered, and it's not. I mean, he was brought back very quickly from what we thought was a very serious injury. Mm-hmm. We, I mean, I remember we were watching it at B Dubs. It was the form, the last Colts game, and <laughs> I saw Cam go down. and I was like, "Oh no!" <laughs> Here goes the season, <laughs> pretty much. But um, we'll see how they handle it. I would, I would not make him inactive. I would still dress him, but not start him. Is what I would do if those other two guys are back playing. I think this is the best week to do it, especially when you're going against Seattle next week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, you need to be as healthy as you Ready can. Ready for Seattle. <laughs> yeah. Well, all right, that'll take us to the Colts injury report. Um, nothing's really changed except they've added two guys. Um, no no one – they had four did not practice uh, on Wednesday, and that was Darrell Daniels with his hamstring injury, the tight end. Uh, Ryan Kelly with the concussion, he did not practice. Um Rashawn Melvin had a hand injury. He did not practice. And Hassan Ridgeway, their defensive tackle, did not practice on Wednesday. None of those guys practiced on Thursday as well. And on top of that, um, Frank Gore was added to um, the injury report with a rest day, did not practice. Dante Moncrief has a groin injury that he was added for. He was a limited participant. Can confirm a groin injury can slow you down. It really can. Chris knows all about that from playing touch football. <laughs> I do too. It's very bad. Uh, we we think these injuries may not be as bad as they sound. They really are. <laughs> and then um, their guard, Kyle Callis, is still a full participant, the second day in a row with a knee injury, and that wraps up the Colts injury report. Uh, Moncrief being out would be interesting to see because then that suddenly leaves you, that leaves uh, you Hilton, Hilton, Hilton and then and Jack Doyle. Yeah. That's it. That leaves you Hilton and a guy uh, called Chester Rogers. That's a fake name. Fake news. I don't know who that is. I don't know who that is. Um, but pretty much this matchup is too easy for the Jaguars to blow. If they do it, um, you probably be you a can little kiss concerned. our playoff chances goodbye. I'd figure. I mean, I wouldn't really. I, would, I wouldn't want to go to the playoffs if we lose to the Colts. We would get yeah, destroyed. I think, I think that'd be bad. But, uh,. Looking forward, we will take a look at what the Jaguars offense could face against this Colts defense. Are you trying to buy or sell your home, but having issues with the common realtor? At the KST Real Estate Group, you need not worry. Rather than relying on traditional marketing methods, KST uses a proprietary online approach to buy or sell homes in your desired location. But don't just take our word for it. Here's a testimony from a previous KST customer. This comes from Matthew. To begin with, Tom was an all-around excellent buyer's agent. Considering I was a first-time home buyer and there were many things I was unaware of, Tom answered every question I had and made me aware of the things I overlooked. I specifically remember calling Tom multiple times a day as we went back and forth on a few houses and he answered every call and had an answer to every question. I ended up getting my first home under appraised value and felt really good about the process and purchase. I highly recommend Tom to anyone from first-time homebuyers to experienced homebuyers. Tom is wise beyond his years, and it is evident through his work as an agent.
I will continue to use Tom in the future and continue to recommend him to friends and acquaintances who are in search of a new home. Call the KST Group at 904-735-0609 or visit kstrealestate.com for more info. KST, the modern way to buy or sell your home. All right, so obviously Blake Bortles has been playing very poorly. It's just kind of obvious. Um, not really much you can argue against it. It's just been bad. Um, this is really the best game he has left on the schedule to kind of bounce back. Because if he doesn't bounce back this week, and I don't think he's really going to bounce back and be good, but I mean at least be like decent or average like he's shown throughout the season, there's no way it's happening against Seattle. So this is like the best time to do it, right? Oh yeah, this is. Uh, I think this is kind of a game for the entire offense to bounce back. Blake Bortles, as well as Fournette, uh, going against his, the first time against the Colts in his career. Uh, he sat last game against the Colts in the one of his many uh, weeks off. But I think yeah, Blake can bounce back because they don't, the Colts don't even have Vontae Davis at this point. Right. It's just. <laughs> You have, I mean, according to PFF, you have all, all their corners are red, which is not good. Their highest rated corner is a 46, whereas oh our, our lowest rated corner is an 80. So, and that's Colvin. <laughs> so, the, I mean, the matchups are favorable. Uh, Westbrook could have a really good game this week. This might be I like his did. game. I think him and Cole are going to have decent games. I think their speed, speed is yeah. what's going to hurt them. Uh, the highest rated player on this Colts defense is Jabal Sheard at an 89.1. So just under the elite range, but, uh, I'm not really fearful of any, really anybody on this line. I think Blake is mobile enough to where the pressure won't really affect him too badly, but I think Fournette could have a really good game against this, uh, Colts front four. I think he could too. And he needs to, he definitely needs to. Definitely needs to be a bounce-back game for everybody. And then uh, the wide receivers need to respond. I was saying Didi and Cole. Uh, Didi, not so much, but Cole and Lee in particular, having loads of drops. Right. Uh, they need to help Blake out. When Blake puts throws on the money, they need to catch those throws because it's really hurting. Well, let's, let's, crucial. let's not act like he's putting throws on the money much either. At the same time, when not they much, are, but they, he's they, the there's that, like 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 the Lee pass, the Lee pass at the end of um in the fourth quarter of the Cardinals game, like yes, one hundred percent, I definitely agree, and that's why I really don't like Marquise Lee because it's like there's there's like one play a game where you're just like oh Lee, I'd, I'd say there's probably like three or four a game that you're like oh Lee, it seems like just he he hates catching with his hands he always tries to catch with his body and then it ends up bouncing off his chest and then he bobbles it and drops it and he tries sometimes to be way too acrobatic like yeah. we get it you're he an always athlete. he always jumps <laughs> he always jumps for a pass when he doesn't need to just keep your feet on the ground and keep going yeah this but yeah so wide I receivers really, help your I quarterback really out not back i i they need to definitely um especially lee because i mean lee do we know how many passes Marquise Lee has dropped this season? Uh, I don't have a figure knew, up, but I'm sure it's probably a lot. Uh, from what I've seen on Twitter, I think he was up there near the top. I just don't know exactly what it is. I'm trying to pull it up. Um, Marquise Lee leads the league in drops. I 
just found that uh, right now. Not surprising. He, he ranks first with eight drops. There's a five-way tie for second. Demarius Thomas, Jimmy Graham, Amari Cooper, Ricardo Luis, and George Kittle all have five. That's that's not good. Not that's not good. <laughs> that's not good. That's in fact bad. Um so he is definitely and I don't think there's any other Jaguars even like the top twenty, just based on going uh the next highest is at twenty four. Mercedes Lewis has three. So that's a st- substantial drop off. Um something that obviously Lee needs to get better at. He needs to be uh he needs to do the old Odell brick catching drill where you drop a brick and you have to catch it. I like that. I think they should try that. Something. Or just get him out of here one way or another. Yeah, that's a it's okay. When Allen Robinson, Simi Cobbs Jr. and Didi Westbrook are lining up, you won't have those problems. I'm here for it. But um this will take us to our last segment uh before we wrap it up. The Jaguars have announced they are going to be doing a cat signal. And that is because, um, and I've been at a couple of the games this year, within the first quarter, the stadium does look a little empty, and a lot of people have been taking pictures of it and using it to their advantage to make their fake argument about the protest. Including myself. Some people are just dumb. As a joke. (laughs) I know, you did it as a joke. Some people do it seriously and have been in my mention saying, I was out in my boat, and I was taking pictures from out there. I swear to God this happened. And uh, I saw that the stadium looked empty after the game started, and I zoomed into the game clock, and it was at 14 minutes and, like, 20 seconds in the (laughs) first quarter. (laughs) And I was like, really, dude? Is this really an argument right now? But um, the team's acknowledging it, that that's a problem, people not getting into their seats quick enough. Which it is. Which it is. Um, So Jalen Ramsey, in a notice the Jaguars put out, put out a quote, on Sunday, comma, we return home to Everbank Field for a divisional matchup and an opportunity to improve to 8-4. and four. From warm-ups to introductions to the opening kickoff until the final whistle, we need your energy so we can keep the place rocking. As players, we on the field are going to give everything we have, and we need the same from you, our fans. On behalf of my teammates, we have felt the passion of the stadium when it's at its loudest, and we need that on each and every play this weekend. We are so appreciative of your loyalty, and we can't wait to see everyone on Sunday. Let's make sure this is a December to remember in Duval, and this is 2.0 of your very own Jackson 5 signing off. So what they are calling for is a call, a cat signal, kind of like the bat signal, but this obviously being a play with the Jags. At 12.35, right over the south end zone video board, at the conclusion of player warmups, they will be shooting off fireworks to tell the people that are still out there tailgating, come into the stadium. Even if you still have that beer to finish, or if you have that hot dog to finish, or whatever, get your cleanup done and get into the stadium. You can bring that with you until up until the gate. Um, but they want fans rocking the place at kickoff as loud as it's been all season. So definitely be sure to... Um, <laughs> to respond to the cat signal <laughs> tailgate tailgate sooner and get to the stadium sooner it's not hard it's not hard it really isn't but i think that'll just about do it for us today be sure to follow on twitter my 
it all at Misto Christofo and at Locked On Jaguars. Chris, you have any uh, last second notes before we uh, clock out here? Uh, I'm really hoping by the time uh, our next pod records, uh, hopefully post tomorrow, that Parnell and Omame will be a full participant. I saw some things on the timeline stating that it's looking that way, so crossing our fingers and hoping that that's the case. Yeah, myself as well. Um, Josh Wells, Talvin Smith, and Alan Hearns were not at practice um, for today, Friday's um, Friday's practice. We're recording this Friday Josh morning. Wells? Right before. Question mark. Josh Wells? No Josh Wells, Telvin Smith, or Alan Hearns. That just came up on my Twitter. Maybe That's Parno- all I got Maybe for Parnell's you. back. <laughs> I hope so. I really hope so. Or it might be, Will- not, it might be William Poles. William Poles. Yeah. But um, we will catch up with you guys next time. Uh, Jaguars are winning 24-10 to 10 on Sunday, by the way. You heard it here. 27-14.